seeking collaborations with influential people, at GZPR, we create passion-fueled collaborations that go beyond traditional representation, a performance agency that onboards new clients every month. Our focus is on POC collaborations. Contact us now at hellogzpr.com, a self-aware public relations agency exploring world perspectives with leading talents. Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farag and welcome to Get to Know You, a podcast for those who want to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, where conversations can become stronger when we explore our thinking and behavior. Every Tuesday, a new question will be asked to a guest speaker. Genuine people here to have insightful conversations. My next guest speaker was born in New Jersey, currently living in Florida. He is an empowerment speaker, author, and coach who turned his disability into possibility. He was diagnosed with a learning disorder, being speech impaired at a very young age. He spent most of his school age years in special education courses and classes, yet he kept a victor image of himself. Despite the claims suggested by doctors and school board members, he graduated valedictorian of his 8th and 12th classes and so facilitated his signature workshop called Level Up in 2019. His workshop provides mindset and goal-setting strategies to help others achieve success based on his real-life experience of overcoming multiple roadblocks. This also contributed to him writing his first self-help guide called Level Up, How to Start Living Your Best Life Now. His journey to self has sparked the burning desire to assist those on the path of self-discovery. Welcoming Javon Jones to Get to Know You. Welcome, Javon. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, so so happy to have you on the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm grateful to be here and I'm ready to dive into this run right here. <laughs> ah, fantastic, fantastic. I guess it would be lovely for, I guess, the listeners to get, like, just briefly, I guess, you can uh, tell us a little bit about your your book, Level Up. All right, so Level Up is a self-help book. Um, it's called Level Up, How to Start Living Your Best Life Now. The basis of the book is to make people start living it now. You, The way you start to live your best life it's not about what you have in your bank account, how much you're making at your job. It's about putting yourself in alignment of your, your, your gift, passion, and purpose. Once you are in alignment of that, you start to feel exuberance to make people attack life on a daily basis, not wait for life to come to you. So you're not waiting for your alarm clock to wake you up. You're waking up and beating your alarm clock was necessary because you have an energy, you have a passion, you have a fire to get going. And through that, that's how you start to live your best life. So I show people how to work with themselves, learning about loving themselves unconditionally and getting in tune with themselves to the point that they are aware of their powers, their gifts, and what they're able to do, which can lead them down to living the life of their full desires. Beautiful, beautiful. That's a that's a, a fantastic, I guess, book there. And you're absolutely right. Like people are always waiting for life to happen to them. They're always waiting. All right, when this and this happens, then I'll start living. And it's always a, it's always a waiting game. Absolutely. Like you can't wait. Like think about it. I wrote this book here. Had I when the desire came there to do it, I did it. You can't wait for how. Can't wait for. Anything, once you have the desire to take action, take action. But a lot of people don't are not in a good space because they're not in tune with themselves. So they're working a job that they don't like, around people that they don't care about. They make friends for bases that has nothing to do with self-betterment and that they find themselves in this vortex of negative negativity that keeps them away from their goals, desires, and living the life of full fulfillment. Absolutely. That's perfectly well said there. I really, really like that. A lot of people, yeah, they don't take action. It's not about like, yeah, you, know, you know, doing. And uh, like you said, it's like, well, you're not in the right environment. You're not, you know, either you're, you know, like the example that you gave there, you want to be around other people who kind of support and encourage 
what you want to do. And if you're not in that environment, you're not going to get anything done. So you really need to take yourself out of those kinds of environments and take action to do that. Take, you know, make the choice now. Absolutely. And it's a choice that you can make now. It doesn't require an invest, a financial investment. <laughs> it doesn't require anything but your will, your will to change. That's it. Your desire to change. That's and it. that starts with you. No one else can do that for you. If you want your life to be the same way, keep doing the same things. But if you want something different, you can't do the same thing. Expect something different. That's it. Absolutely. Excellent. Having the will and like exactly how you said, you want something to change in your life, you know, doing the same things, you're, not gonna, you're never going to get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Complete, completely agree. Yeah, well, thank you for that. So, listeners, if you, you, I'll be uh, uh, tagging uh, the, I guess, the book in, in, um, on the Facebook and Instagram page, so you'll be able to get a hold of the book. And uh, it's available on Amazon, is it, um, Javon? Yes, it's available on Amazon. So you can get it off of Amazon. Fantastic. And so just definitely, I'm looking forward to all the readers getting involved with it. And trust me, my information is there. You can always contact me as well. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much. Okay, now I guess we'll be diving into this question, which I'm very interested to dive into. So the question is, are we truly capable of unconditional love? Now, this question is something I've been thinking about a lot over the many years. Like I'm always, you know, I've always been thinking about it relative to like, uh, I guess, romantic love. And that's where you kind of look for it. And, you know, a lot of people make, you have the assumption that your parents give you unconditional love, but that's not always the case. And a lot of people have experienced that. You don't, you don't necessarily get, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, with a lot of different upbringings, it's quite conditional. It's, you know, you have this rules. If you don't do this, this and that, it's your sometimes with, in, um, among different families, that love is taken away. It's like it's held, it's held hostage. You know, you don't receive the love of your parents if you don't do this, this, and that. So, like I've heard many stories of where you know, um, although it's assumed that grandparents and parents and family members are meant to love you and siblings are meant to love you unconditionally, there are many cases where that does not happen. So, and then again, thinking about that relative in a ro- like romantic relationship. So, like you know, if you're, if you, if some parents aren't capable of unconditional love for their children, well, then how would you actually seek it or find it, or have it, uh, or receive it from a complete stranger? What are your thoughts? I guess, like when you, when you, um, you know, have you, when you think about this question, what are some things? I guess initially that come to mind. Okay, so when it comes to unconditional love, there's two things that come to mind that's on opposite spectrum. You have this one spectrum of this promoted Hollywood (laughs) idealism of unconditional love that people fall for. So it just sounds like this romantic thing to love someone unconditionally, finding that perfect one, and being you know, married and happy and live a happy life ever after. <laughs> but then there's that other aspect that is like, that's impossible to love someone unconditionally because as humans, we have conditions and we feel things on conditions. And if, <clears throat> if those conditions are met, there's no, there's no place for love to grow. And I personally stand in the middle. I don't believe that it's this beautiful romantic thing. It's not, it can be, but it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work oneself. And then as you just mentioned that, even, but I would say this, even if you grew up in a household where your parents loved you unconditionally, your siblings loved you unconditionally, it's going to be very hard for you to find unconditional love with someone else because, that is not a learned ability. You don't go, you don't read a book to learn how to love someone unconditionally. That is something that comes inside of you. Now, 
those loving environments opens you up to do that. I do agree. Like if you grew up in an environment where love is not expressed and stuff like that, or you know, your parent, you have a parent that just shuns you because you went on a path that's that's different than what they had planned for you, then it would be very tough to open that. But just like anything else or anyone else, at some point you have to realize that you are the love energies inside of you, not outside. You have it within. You have some sort of source that loves you. It may not be the love that helped you get to where you're at, but you have it within you. And once you have love for yourself, because it starts with self, if you can love yourself unconditionally, then you open up the possibility of loving someone else on those same levels. As a father that I am, so, I love my, oh, sorry. Go no, ahead, no, you're right. no, no, you're right. No, you're yeah, right. So, so I was yeah. going to say, like, do you, do you think, though, so if you don't love yourself unconditionally, then you're not capable of loving another unconditionally. You have to love yourself unconditionally first because I don't think I I, like partly agree and disagree with that because, you know, I don't think, you know, parents, some parents like that, I know they love their kids unconditionally, but they don't have that unconditional love for themselves. For example, the reason why is because when you don't love yourself unconditionally, it's you only can love someone on conditions. That's not, that's true to what you feel is right. When you see a lot of parents that shun their children or treat their children a certain way once they get to a certain life and they go in a different direction that they had planned for, it's because they had these hopes and expectations placed on that kid that they felt they failed themselves. It's like, okay, I did this and I'm supposed to do this and the fact that I didn't get to do this, I'm putting that on you to go do this. You know, I'm putting this on you. And when you don't do it, it's like, you know what, you're a failure. And it's, to me, it's like love, period. Forget unconditional love, just love, period. If you don't love yourself, how can you give genuine love to a person, you, you, whether it's a kid, whether you're in a relationship, how can you give that genuine love? Because if you don't have it for self, it's hard for you to, you may feel that emotion, but it's hard for you to speak to that and love that person the way they need to be loved because you don't sure. even know how to love you the way you need to be loved. Sure. So you're saying the parents that are capable of unconditional love for their children uh, have a strong level of love for themselves first. Like if, if they're not treating themselves well, they're not going to treat their children well. So that they, they have to be hand in hand. It's not that they won't treat their children well, but everybody treats everybody good once they're doing what they say they do. So you don't have to have unconditional love, but if your kid is a good student, they're getting the grades done, they come out to be successful and stuff like that, you may never have to deal with those challenges. However, let's say that kid decides to veer off on their own path and do what they feel is right. Now, if you now, if you don't love yourself on a level, because when you love yourself, loving yourself is unconditionally is recognizing that no matter what, I'm gonna love me. If I go to, if I get fired from my job right now and lose everything, I'm gonna still love me. If I come out and make a million dollars tomorrow, I'm gonna love me. Like that, it doesn't change no matter what happens in your life. So whenever you have someone that you're a parent of or you're in a relationship with if they change or they go through a change and you're not if you can't love yourself when you go through that change when that happens to them how could you love them yeah yeah absolutely i get you i get you i guess the question then is it really comes down to are we capable of truly loving unconditionally loving ourselves with all of our, with all of our flaws, with all of our, you know, imperfections, are we truly, are humans truly capable of loving themselves, un- like unconditionally? Like absolutely, you know, it's just. Think, but like, I, I, here's the thing: it's like with anything, everybody has the capabilities, but not everybody's going to be able to do it. So it's not, to, so it's not like. It's a secret power that only special people have. Everybody has it, but not everybody has 
access to it. So why, why then, you know, this thing, I think, you know, having unconditional love for yourself, I think is in a small number of the population of the world. So like most people don't. So like why, you know, I guess, you know, if a small number of, of a population do have this unconditional love, it's not coming naturally to them. Is there's no like it's not a natural uh, see, ter- trait or a natural ability that's just coming coming to them. See, natural we make things natural. Like that's a human power. That's our well, our, our power as spiritual beings. We have the ability to make something seem unnatural be natural. There's people that can fit themselves into a box <laughs> and they do as natural as possible. And for me, I would break every bone in every place that exists in my body to do something like that. They have the, so, so, so the problem with some people who don't have it natural is because they haven't, they were not brought up in environments to cultivate it. And as they grow older, they place, they, they, they align their ideas based on what they see either on TV, what's programmed to them, what's their environments. Everything is controlling that person's ability to, find value in themselves you know to me you cannot go to work every day at a job you don't like and do that for years and say i love myself unconditionally that's abusing yourself Mm. do do you think like i i really truly wonder obviously this is something hard to you know know but i wonder if when a baby is born if they have unconditional love for themselves that's and like, okay. are we born with unconditional love, and then it kind of goes away? I, I that's a very good question. We're not going to know this, obviously, but like, you know, you don't but, know. I, but but baby. I, yeah, I I always feel like love starts from the womb. You have to give that baby love in the womb. Mm, I remember when my daughter I like that. was. Yes, when my daughter was born, and there was a time where I used to think, okay, like, I like my big mother at that time was like, because I was I, I was going through stuff personally, but she was like, you gotta speak to your daughter, you gotta speak to your daughter in my stomach, you gotta speak to her because if you don't do it, then she's not gonna know you when you're born. She because she knows me because she hears my voice all the time. She's with me. But if you don't do it to her, she's never going to know you and you won't feel foreign. So those moments of rubbing the stomach, talking to the baby, speaking to them, letting them know who you are, your voice is always something that's going to be connected to them, your presence, your energy. And if you don't show them those energies, then that baby may not grow with the same kind of love energy that they should have. So for me, a baby can't be born with that love. But you have to give it. As the way you give it life, you give it love too. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, absolutely. I was actually speaking with um, um, somebody else about this, um, and it was a whole other question. And it was kind of about a little bit off topic, but um, how when a baby is in the womb, um, depending on the the way the baby was like conceived, like the you know, something interesting that was brought up was, you know, did both people feel pleasure in that moment? Did both people orgasm in that moment? And apparently that there's when when both parents orgasm in that moment of conceiving a child, you know, it allows for less traumas for you to carry, uh, you know, these, the, you know, in one way or form, there's something that's carried in, you know, for example, like maybe uh, the baby is a, a, a woman. And then doesn't believe that she needs to experience these things to be able to uh, feel pleasure and not, not never to experience an orgasm. So it's like you take on these traumas, even though you're in the womb, the baby's in the in the womb. So, but it's 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 very interesting now that the research is showing that um, you know our impact or um, traumas and things can happen to a baby whilst they're in the womb. Absolutely. Um... 
And so, like, like, you speaking to the your daughter there, I think, would make – I'd love to see, like, if there was an experiment about that done. Like, you know, if parents who did speak to their child and, like, rub the tummy and talk and that were um, – if the you know, over a 10-year or 20-year kind of uh, study and see what happens to the child relative to, like, feeling that love and feeling that warmth and, and feeling that self-love within themselves in comparison to a child that didn't. Um, but I don't know if they'd be able to do and ethically do a study like that, but See, uh, I'm curious. I could, well, that's, that's interesting. I could tell you from personal experiences that when my daughter is born, just like any baby is born, first off, they're born into this unnatural light that can stun them temporarily. And it's like first humans. If you're in a dark, dark place and a light just shines out of you out of nowhere, it can mess it with you for that moment. It can stun you. So for a baby, that's a crazy experience. That is a traumatizing experience. And we have to kind of, that's one thing that the medical's got to look into. But that's another topic for another time. Um, so when a baby comes out, of course, naturally, it's crying. It's out the womb. It's in an unnatural environment. But you know, when the mother holds that child, the baby calms down because they know that that's their mother. When you speak to your kid, from personal example, when I held my daughter and I said, hey, baby, she knew her body relaxed. She knew I was her dad. Those things are the precious moments that you give that you have. That's why I would recommend all fathers. Being a father, I wish some people on Father's Day that just passed. I wish some people who are, who are pregnant, who um who has their, their their wife pregnant, like one of my friends has is pregnant with his, his wife is pregnant with their first child. So I I, I said Happy Father's Day. I know you're not physically a father because of getting here, but the work starts now. That energy you give, the conversations, those things start now because when the baby is born, they know, you know. So, and that's the thing that I would tell any father, like, do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I com- I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. Um, I guess, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know if the, this is like a, a measure that they could actually uh, figure out, but I would say, I, I would say the, the work that you do as a father before the baby is born, definitely with whilst they're in the womb would definitely have a, um, you know, a mental and emotional, physical impact um, throughout the child's life, you know, once they come out of uh, um, the womb. Um, you know, I really, I, I really um, curious about how, how we take on so many different things from society and maybe from parents and things that kind of shed away at us or eat at us so that, almost that unconditional love that we have for ourselves that I feel that we are truly born with kind of goes away. Like, you know, all these different, you know, little things here and there, you may not think have an impact, but add up to us kind of, you know, losing that unconditional love for ourselves. So I, I don't know, I guess like, you know, what are some ways like from the beginning, like if you, you've got your young child, how can you, how can you like allow them to hold on to that unconditional love that they have for themselves? Well, you see when you have, when you're a parent, you have to be willing to never, you have to do everything with love, even discipline. You have to discipline with love. You can't just, pick and choose when you're going to love the child. Like a child act up and a child, like he's trying to hug you. Don't hug me. Or do, like you still got to allow that kid to love you and express their love to you and still tell them, look, I love you. I will always love you. But, you know, say those words, say the words. I love you. Words of power. If you're not telling your kid, I love you, then you're not reinforcing the love that they need to have for themselves because if they parent can't, they can't hear "I love you" from their own parent. It's gonna be something that they're gonna search for from somebody else, and that's never a good thing. That's why it's important for both mother and fathers to be in a child's life. Because I have a daughter, 
if if I'm not in her life, then it's a over reliance on another male figure to be that figure. And in some cases, though that's a good thing. Because they may have that step parent to come in and do the job of a father. But then there are many other cases where that person may not live up to it, or they may go in another source that may not be healthy or conducive for the growth in that child. So I personally believe that, yes, all people, all kids, all children are born, have the ability to love unconditionally. They do. But the reason why it don't happen many of the times is because there's a broken pattern there and if you give that child the love that they require, they could go in the world and live their life with, then you're changing their world. You're shifting their paradigm. You're creating a new normal for them. Those things matter just like any other thing. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, like as you said, like saying I love you. I think, um, you know, there's some households that don't, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's just words. Like, you know, how they have like the five love languages where you have, you know, words of affirmation saying, I love you, saying, I appreciate you saying all these, you know, you know, saying how special you are to them or, or saying, you know, I'm so proud of you or all these different words that you could say. And then, you know, there's actions or like doing things for, for, you know, acts of service, you know, like, it be like uh, making them a cup of tea or, uh, you know, because they're unwell or taking care of them when they're sick or, you know, doing these different things. And obviously physical affection, as you speak about, having a hug, having a cuddle, sitting there cuddling and um, quality time. Are you able to spend like quality time? Now, and the fifth one is obviously uh, presents and gifts and, and things like that. Now, we all like... Uh, I guess, resonate or, or feel the strongest, like the impact of love is felt deeply with, you know, you know, one or two that of these things is not necessarily all of them. Yes, they're all great and all, but usually one or two really impact us and make us feel that love. So, so as you, I, yeah. So are you saying that, you know, regularly parents need to be, be doing these things regularly yeah. with their children daily, showing them in one way or form, um, that they, you know, with it, you know, that they do love them, that they do love them unconditionally. It's like a, you know, I think a lot of parents uh, assume or act in a way of, oh, I had you, that's enough. <laughs> you know, yeah, like and, I gave birth and, to you and then, you know, they don't really think about, you know, oh, you should know that I love you. You know, there's always that you should know that I love you as well. Like, you know, you hear that a lot too without me saying it or without me doing anything. It should just be known. So are you saying that no, it's not the case. You need to be doing one or one or two of these. Listen, love your children like you love the like you want the person you love with to love you. Let's be real. Do you want a kind of person that's going to love you only when things are good? Do you want to? Do you want to feel like if you're having a bad day? You made a major mess up and your boss got on you. You're not feeling good and you come home. Don't you want that your spouse, your significant other to love you on that level? So when your kids are having a rough day, this and the fact is they're younger. A lot of kids don't understand many acts of service of that's love. Sometimes those words mean more than just the words. As they get older, they find their own identities. And yeah, you shape their identities, of course. But I think the easiest thing in the world is to say, I love you. That's easy. It's easy. Sure. I agree with you. I agree with you. But for a lot of people, it's difficult. They don't. And and the reason why, because when you don't, then you got to question where the love you have for yourself. Because truth is, you should be telling yourself, I love you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I guess, too, like, you know, with, when it comes to children, like, if they're not hearing it from a parental or a carer, um, then they're not knowing how I should receive it from another person when they do grow, you know, uh, adults and, and want it from uh, in a companion sort of way. Abs- absolutely. And TV plays a major part in how they cultivate love. 
and how they see and feel for love. So when you show all these romantic movies with these happy, happy, happy after stories and, you know, the princess and the frog and all these stuff, kids see love as this grand, grand thing. Yeah. And yet still, in reality, their mother can't even say the words. Their father only yells at them. You know, there's, we have to be mindful of everything. And the thing that I make sure I affirm to my own, I love you, I love you, I love you, because I don't want you to feel like you need to hear that from somebody else. Yeah. Because she's going to get older. She's going to be around the opposite sex, maybe, well, opposite sex, but even though things changes, I accept all realities. But when she gets older, she doesn't have to search for a figure to say that to them. Yeah. They don't have to search for that male figure to, to say no. that to them. No, because she feels to. it herself because she, ha- you know, you made her feel that as a parent. So she has that within herself. She's like, I don't need it. I've got it. I'm already, I've already have unconditional love for myself. Like I've already full of love. So I don't need to just be with any kind of person or search for it. I guess that's the, you know, the key there too. Like, you know, so many people and so many of us are like searching for unconditional love. We're trying to find it. but Like everyone, everyone's trying to find it. Yet most of us don't have it ourselves. Like most of us don't have it for ourselves, but yet like all of us are trying to find it. All right, so let me ask you a question, right? Let's say you own your own land, right? You have apple seeds or any fruit seeds. You have orange seeds, you have apple seeds, you have, you know, all these different seeds. Yeah. And you plant these apples and you water them and they start to grow but they're not grown to your speed. They're not grown to their things. So you know what? You abandon that and start searching for the best apples out there. These best fruits. That's it. That's the same equivalent of what people do for themselves. They're yeah, dissatisfied. that's a great example. They're dissatisfied what they have for themselves. So they search because they think they can get better out there. But the truth is, if you have it here, then you can attract people to come to what you have and then they can add to what you already have already. Now, when you find a a significant other, if you don't have love for yourself, you're expecting that person to give the love that you don't have for you. You're expecting it because you feel, you know, you need it, but you don't know how to do it for you. So you become over-reliant on giving this love to somebody else. And unconditional self-love is, is the second chapter in my book. You know, So I speak on this. This is a very important aspect of getting to the best version of you because you want to know, and trust me, I went through depression myself. There was a point in time that I thought I had self-love. I thought I had it. But when I discovered my self-love was conditional, it was conditional to how I felt at that moment. And many people have love for themselves. It was very conditional because if they're doing good and they're happy, then the love is there. But once you, your bills falter, life goes hard, you get your home foreclosed, your car get repossessed, and all these things, you start to do things that's unhealthy to yourself. And if you're doing that, that is a sign of not having love for yourself. Sure. So what do you think then? Like, you know, we've obviously got it in us or some level of it. We, we have love in us, but we don't have unconditional love. So like, what are some steps? What are some initial steps do you think we should, like people should take to start developing unconditional love for themselves? Hmm, that's a very good question. I think the first step, is to, you have to acknowledge who you are, acknowledge your situation, acknowledge your circumstances. Acknowledgement gets you very far. If you can acknowledge who you are, what you're doing or where you are in life, then it, it goes, it can go very far. The problem that I find with most people is that they don't even acknowledge 
their shortcomings. They don't acknowledge. You have to acknowledge. Be real with yourself. Accept your situation for what it is. Accept it. It's all about acceptance. If you didn't grow up with a, a, a loving mother, a loving father, or you didn't grow up with no parents, your guardians, whatever, you have to accept that. That's for one. You have to be, then you have to, okay, first step. Let's go into steps here. First step is to recognize there's a problem. Just like any step of, First step, like is you say, like recognize you don't you don't have unconditional love for yourself, knowing yes, that you don't. Absolutely, you, okay. I, absolutely, you don't have it. So now you know you don't have it. What can you do to start having it? Second thing is accepting yourself, your circumstances, what happened. That is a very tough thing for a lot of people to have because a lot of times we're we have this unrealistic belief that we should be better than where we are at this current place. You didn't have the right game plan to get you in a better situation. You haven't taken the possible steps, but we still have this ingrained belief that this, like I believe when I was going through depression, I should have been making six figures a year. I should have been owning my own house. I should have been driving this nice car. I should not be financially struggling. But did I do anything to set myself up there realistically at that moment in time? No. So you have to accept that. You have to accept that, oh, my parents showed, did the best that they can, but they didn't show me all the things that I needed to know. So I need to do the work on my own to get those things so my kids can never say that I never showed them that. I don't want to be where my kids is. That's part of accepting. Third thing is you have to recognize that anything that you feel is holding you back, whether it's doubts, fear, or all these things, there is rooted in something. There's always a root to all the things that you're feeling at this moment. And a lot of that goes back to childhood experiences. It goes back to Learning, it goes back to that because you have to recognize as a kid what happened. And a lot of times, some of the most people, some kids go through some, some very awful traumatic stuff. Part of this process is healing your inner child. So the purpose of healing those things, you have to find a purpose for going through those traumatic experiences. You have to find a purpose. As you said in my um, in my bio, I was considered a special ed kid who couldn't get a full sentence out, who can learn on the basis of other regular kids. That was traumatic for me because you made me, it, it put me in an environment that made me feel like I was not good enough to be around, just to be regular. Not to be excellent, it's you. They lowered my ceiling on me, and I had. And when I went to depression, I had to go back and find meaning behind it. Because if you don't find meaning for your struggles, then you always gonna be a victim to it. Because you are always gonna ask why me, why me, when exactly is you go through these things for a reason. Even the worst situations, the awful situations that I'm not gonna mention. There's a reason, there's a meaning that you have to find for it. Not a reason, but a meaning that you have to find for it. You have to uh, find that for yourself. Sure. So like, you know, when they say like, you know, life happens for you and not to you. So find the reason why that happened. Absolutely. And once you find those reasons, then you could develop peace within because now you're not looking at yourself as this poor, poor person that this situation happened to. You're not fi having the victim. You're not playing the victim paradigm. Absolutely. You, you become, because in life, you got to be a victor. You have to, there's victory in all circumstances. And then if you went through a horrible experience, then, all right, what could I, how can I flip this? How can I make this now? Because at the end of the day, you're breathing. As long as you're breathing, you could change anything in your life. You can improve any aspect of your life. And that's the start. It's a, a, dealing with those things. So that is a process that I'd say everybody that's important. And then in the midst of this process, speak, find gratitude. 
because gratitude is key to love. Any type of love is gratitude, being grateful. If you are always looking at what you don't have, then you're always never going to have enough. No. So if you're grateful for what you have, then you realize you have more than enough and everything else is an accessory. Everything else is extra. Everything else is just to, to, to make me feel like I'm doing more significant things. But they're not the things that's needed for you to be happy. It's not mm. needed for you to love yourself. So that's the difference. And once you gain gratitude, you start to look at, at your past life. And then you start to recognize that, hey, you are here at this present moment. There are people who are here that don't have legs. There are people who are here who's, who needs a machine to breathe for them. There are people who are here that can't walk, they can't talk, they can't do certain things for themselves. So if you have your full faculties and function, then you have more than a lot of people have. And that's how you gain gratitude. Because you recognize that while you think you have it bad, there are people that have it worse than you. So instead of, and most of them don't feel as bad about their situation that you do yours. So those different steps, once you start to take, you start to heal those things, you start to recognize that, hey, I'm actually a strong person. I'm actually, at this point, I'm stronger than I thought I was. Yeah. And that strength within you can change that love that you have for yourself because now you start to realize that hey i'm i'm more incredible that i gave myself a chance to believe absolutely absolutely yeah the key in the beginning and all throughout i guess is gratitude gratitude is, is, is so key and essential i wonder though i wonder is this a journey that we're always going to be on or can we actually reach that fina- final destination of pure unconditional love for ourselves um it's a journey. It's definitely a journey. You could you could reach you could reach plateaus, but as you grow, you change. Your standards change. Now think about it. it. I was at one point just happy to have a car. You know, I was you know, and that's anybody. You're young. You got your license. You ready? You don't care what car it is. I need something that could just go go go. <laughs> But as you grow, you start to recognize, now nah, I need a car that is, is fully functioning. I need a car that's a little newer. I need a car that I don't have to do major repairs to because you recognize that all of that, it affects your energy and takes time and it's not important. When you're young, you don't care because you're not even thinking. You're just like, shoot, I got me a car. With, I'm about to take off. But that's with anything in life. As you grow, your standards grow, creates new ways for you to love yourself. And sometimes a person may get four or five cars. Some do it out of vain, out of vanity. Others do it because that's what they truly enjoy. They love cars. They love that aspect of owning multiple cars. And that's fine. That's part of giving yourself that self-love. That's the physical aspect. So self-love has many levels to us and who we are, what we do. But you know that as you grow, you know that you cannot be in environments that's not conducive to your growth. You no longer want to hang around toxic friends that it's causing more drama than than more solution. You're going to stop hanging. You're going to value the mentors and the coaches and the people that's pushing you to be better. You start to realize that those people, you need to surround your energy and self-worth more than those that's trying to hold you back. Because who you surround yourself with is a reflection of who you are and where you're at this moment. Absolutely, absolutely. I guess too, like as you said there, um, you know, we are continuously changing and growing and progressing in life. So then, you know, it, it kind of alters our unconditional love for ourselves because we have all these other, you know, goals or, or places that we want to reach or things that we want to add to our lives or in where we find meaning and things like that. And, you know, I guess, you know, I think maybe we've reached a level of like 90% or something like that, but because we're growing and changing things, you know, it always alters, you know, until, until like, like you're saying, maybe it's a journey. We're not somewhere, it's not a, a set destination, even though there are people in the world, I would say there are, who do have 
pure like unconditional love for themselves but it is a small it is a small number it's unfortunately a small no i wouldn't say it's a small number it's a large number but it's not a it's not a mass when you talk about percentage because think about it 10 percent of our population is still a lot of people sure sure <laughs> but it's from a from a percentage base it is a small percentage of people that has it because unfortunately there's not environments that's been cultivated these are not conversations we have in the schools and, no uh, classrooms they're, they're even exciting. even with each other you know i don't you know I you don't it. sit with a friend or you don't you know you don't sit with a friend and say oh you know i don't have unconditional love for myself you don't talk about it you're like oh i wonder oh. why it's not something we do that right we should because, but we don't because we have to understand this that the world if you live in a like america is a capitalistic country and most of the world is that it costs it costs money to have problems so if a person who don't love themselves they'll go to that liquor store more and now that liquor store is making money if they don't love themselves they may commit crime and they'll go to jail now that jail is making money and these little things are created or set up to put us in these traps and these traps of places where when you know that if you don't value you, you're going to do something that's going to, that somebody is going to benefit from because their business is benefiting off your ineptitude of being the best version of yourself. You know, now don't get me wrong. As you grow, there are businesses that benefit to you or whatever, but think about it. Have people love themselves. They won't commit crimes that will land them in jail. But jail is needs to be Well, funded. if people love themselves, that's right. People wouldn't, you know, like you said, uh, um, do all kinds of things that, that are detrimental to them and make other people money. <laughs> they, that's so true. And I guess we don't talk about it. And it's not promoted in schools and among workplaces or spoken about with people because if we did talk about it and, and kind of put, put action, took action and, um, there'd be more people. Like, imagine if fifty percent of the world love, you know, had unconditional love for themselves. Like, how better the world would be. But that top ten percent of millionaires wouldn't be making as much money in the world. Exactly. And, and that's how the the flip side, I guess, of, of uh, so. Uh, so yeah, you start society. to realize. So that's you start to realize what the system is, and everybody loves to say the system is flawed. And I'm like, system is not flawed. It's working the way it's designed to work. It's for you to decide for yourself. Do you want it to be a part of this one side or this other side? Psychapitalism. There's few at the top, but many at the bottom. Do you want to be at the bottom or do you want to get close to the top? That's a choice you have to make. And we all have that choice. Some of us are not, we don't recognize we have that choice, but we all really do. Once we open our mind and open our hearts and open our desires to what it is we require, then you recognize these things are choices. So trust me, that unconditional self-love will change the world if too many, if a lot more people had it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so many, so much, Javon. Like this has been a lovely, lovely conversation. I've, I've enjoyed it so much. Um, I guess like, you know, I, I like to ask my guest speakers about how, uh, you know, has this, has this conversation with me made you kind of highlighted anything to yourself or made yourself reflect in a different way or, or point anything out to you? It made me, because it, you asked me a question to talk about the steps and it made me reflect on what I had to do when I went through depression and sometimes you don't talk about it because and it probably inspired me to kind of like think more on it and make me recognize that, Hey, I may be able to help somebody out if I really talk about how I got through it. And I always look at myself as an anomaly because I didn't go to no formal therapist. I didn't take medicine. I didn't do all of that because I don't believe you need to do any of that. If you want to fix shoes, you have all the tools inside to do it especially when it comes to mental health. But, so that made me think about it too. And it made me, and even this topic conversation made me start to look up and realize that so many people that do not believe that unconditional love is possible. 
Absolutely. Like, it is. A, it, I was blown. I was yeah. like, oh my God. I'm reading an article like, it's not possible. All humans love with conditions. I'm like, damn, who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't believe that it is possible. Yeah. You know, so I, I love the fact that I'm one of the few that believe because I, I have it for my child. I have it for someone. So I know, well, like, I know it's, I'm living it. Like, yeah. I'm living it. Exactly. And, and it's impossible. And I'm living it because I started with me. Yeah, you know, I, I and to be honest, I had to question myself because I would love to think that I could love my daughter unconditionally. I love to think that. I think that's an easy thing to do. That you have a kid, you can love them unconditionally. But can you? If you have a son that decides to go sell drugs on the corner, could you still love him? Those are questions you gotta ask. Yeah, loving. Yeah. And another thing, and I know we're close to the end, and I want to make this point. Loving is not tolerating. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's where people misses the boat. They feel like, oh, if you love, and there's an article that says, if uh, if you have unconditional love and that person abuse you, could you still love that person? And the answer is no, because if you love that person, then you are an enabler of their behavior. No, that is a false statement. Let me tell you that. First off, unconditional love, and let me say this, unconditional love does not require participation, meaning you don't have to be in a relationship. You can be un- you can be married to the person you're with and have unconditional love for someone else, but you know that where they at and where you at, it can never work. So you moved on and that person moved on that direction. Those things are possible. It, unconditional love means no conditions. It just means that I recognize the person you are. I have a connection to you. And though you may do things that may not be um, congruent to a healthy environment, I have empathy and care because I know where it comes from. Yeah. And when you understand these things, then you can recognize that unconditional love is very possible, but it takes work just like with anything else. And it starts with yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Siobhan. This has been a this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on. I'm grateful to have this conversation, and I, I, I enjoyed it. Excellent, excellent. Thank you for listening to Get to Know You. If you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review, and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Get to Know You with Tiffany Farrow. In my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, I want to hear from you, listeners. The question again, are we truly capable of unconditional love? Leave an audio, video, or a message on the Facebook or Instagram page of your response to today's question, including your name and where you are from. We will include some different responses in next week's Get to Know You Cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me in a post with your question. Join us every Tuesday on Get to Know You.